Oh my gosh, hello and welcome back. Sorry, we've been so MIA. But also, mm-hmm. I'll say not sorry because... Wasn't mm-hmm. I don't know. I was just living life. Yeah. I can't I, remember yeah. what I was doing last Tuesday. Frank, Actually, our culture makes I was us laying scared. in bed with Ellie. Yeah. Last week we were just laying in bed together chatting. Chatting? Sitting on the mutual for Ella. I'm not Aww. cheating on my husband. <laughs> Did you not want Ellie to wanted, that? Well, Ellie just wanted to swipe on everyone that had a dog. And I was like, ah, oh, that's how they reel you in. You can't fall. You can't you fall. Swipe so. on everybody who just looked so tender and <laughs> cutie. Anywho. So my husband I was going to. I know. And then he was like, babe, we could read a book together. Why are you doing that? Um, anywho, uh, we have Casey here. We have an esteemed guest. It's esteemed. Casey. Oh, she's my roommate slash life partner. Um, <laughs> we've lived together for three years. We were mission companions. We were best friends in high school. You guys we were up. mission companions. Then we grew up together in junior high too. And you were this best is friends like in high school. And twelve year friendship. It is. How did you guys go to the same place? Because God high school is awesome. The Lord provides. I don't know. It was nuts. I barely let her mom hug her before I pretty much tackled her into a fireplace because I was so excited. This is true. When she opened her call. Because it's not. Because, wait, it was your call too? She got her call first. Yeah. And then I went like to six mine, prior. And little me, I'm like, I'm just going to go serve Were you both Spanish? Both Spanish. Both Spanish. We companions. Were out in the boonies in a little area called Woodstock in the dead of winter. Ghetto of in Midwest. In bleak Midwest. That's cute, guys. <laughs> So, welcome, Casey. Thank you. Um, okay, we kind of just want to dive on in. Um, Else, do you want to start with what you were thinking about? Sure. So, I'll start with the story. So, I was in meditation. Hannah Porter, if you listen to this podcast, thank you for the meditation. So, I was at 3B in my meditation class with my dear Hannah. And her dear friend Jill was there, too. Jill's probably 72 and awesome and oh. comes to yoga. At least once Cutie. a day. She's the greatest. And so we were meditating. And I came in a little late. And uh, so I kind of came into the middle of conversation. But Hannah was talking about um, how sometimes we tend to have the idea of if we meditate or if we be mindful or if we be prayerful or if we do yoga, we will reach a space in our lives where we're never anxious or upset or angry. And um, Hannah just kind of, then she talked about how she had a teacher. I mean, I'm getting off the topic. I don't remember what her teacher said. But she just, actually then it'll be easier if I just lead into the, the story. So then Jill said that um, she suffers from panic attacks and that mindfulness and meditation and yoga has helped her not necessarily get over these panic attacks. She did mention that she has them less frequently, but when they do come, the panic of what is happening in my body is kind of like not there. Like, it's still she's experienced a panic attack but she says i know what this is like she approaches it as almost like a friend or like in this book that i'm reading called you are here it approaches feelings emotions experience ones as dear one i am here for you 
So she kind of approaches her anxiety attack as, Dear one, I am here for you. I recognize you. I don't need a panic. And I'll just kind of let you be here. But, like, I know what's going on. But then her mindfulness and her meditation and just kind of the things that she does that maybe some people might think will take away anxiety or stuff has just helped her be able to accept these things about herself or these situations. Does that make sense? That was long-winded, and maybe I could have said it quicker. But... No, it makes no, sense. It's, it's that, like, these things don't necessarily take away the anxiety, but they help to build, like, maybe cope an with acceptance. It or build acceptance. It. Because yeah. if I'm constantly focused on my weaknesses... And that's all I'm ever focused on. And I'm not becoming stronger in how I can embrace them or maybe share about them or accept them or use them as like a lens through which I can overcome challenges instead of just they're my challenges and I'm weak. Totally. And I think that leads into like we just we don't have to judge emotions. There doesn't have to be good emotions or bad emotions. All emotions can serve us in like some way and have some purpose. Case, do you want to tell Case, us what you're yeah. Yes. So I love your story of what you said because I think there's real power in not making yourself more anxious or upset by trying to get rid of something that's there, but rather I don't know for a kind of a yoga term, flowing through it more Mm -hmm. and finding that acceptance in yourself to let it be there and be present and not have it destroy you with anxiety. And as far as anxiety goes or nervousness, um, back in high school, I was telling them, I took a sports psychology class and I loved this class because instead of teaching you how to only be a winner, it kind of taught you how to, how to use those parts of yourself or your psyche that could make you lose and use that to be a winner. So mm. one of my favorite lessons, he said, my teacher said that the athletes that are the winners and that are the most successful do not, not ever have nerves or anxiety or those pregame jitters. Um, they still have all of those, but instead of letting that shut them down, they instead use that to become more capable. And so cool. Yeah, like they, they completely changed their mindset about it. Like, I'm feeling nervous and anxious about this upcoming game. Instead of being like, I must be unprepared because I'm anxious or I must fail because mm-hmm. I'm anxious. It's a precursor um, of me failing. They're instead like, these are my game time jitters because I'm prepared, I'm ready, my body's energized, my mind is energized. That's so cool. And I'm ready to go. And that's what makes you a high performer. Not not feeling fear or anxiety, but rather using it to propel your game or your success or your work ethic to higher fields. I listened to a TED Talk kind of like in alliance with that. I can't remember what it was called, but I'll try and look it up and then I can post it on our like description. But it was a girl and she was talking about anxiety and she's like, anxiety is not inherently bad. Like anxiety does not cause us like health issues just our mindset about anxiety does Mm -hmm. she's like anxiety is actually Mm -hmm. really good it releases um what is that like serotonin but it starts with an a it's kind of like one of those oh Mm -hmm. 
dang it, I can't remember. Mm-hmm. It releases a chemical in us that creates us to reach out and connect to others. So anxiety is really something that keeps us in connection with people. Um, and it allows us to uh, reach out and look for help and then help others. And I also read, I don't know if it was like on Tiffany's, Tiffany Rose Instagram, but it was like, um, oh, frick. It was something, see, this is my problem. I read too many things. I see too many things <laughs> and I forget. But it was like, it was like uh, talking about help. And it was saying, um, like, the difference between someone who has a good support group and, um, like someone who doesn't, and then it was like afraid of help and someone who doesn't afraid of asking for help. And then on like someone who has a good support group, it was like asking for help gives help. Um, so I don't really remember right. Oh, went with that. Oh, but yeah, anxiety creates closeness, creates a social group. I love that. I love the thought of like what you were saying that anxiety isn't inherently bad. It kind of reminded me of you stress and what's the opposite? Is it de-stress? The stress? I don't know. Yeah, the stress. Yeah. <laughs> but like, there's a concept that there actually is something called eustress, which is good stress because it helps yeah, you be more productive. That. That's so cool. Yeah, I don't know where I heard that either, but it's like a thing that I feel like I know. But anyway, like the eustress, like what you were saying is it propels you forward. It makes you take action. It helps you be energized and like reach out, connect to others. And there's de-stress, which can, like, shut people down. But I loved what you said about mindset, changing those. Mm. Because I think a lot of the time what can differentiate between our use stress or, like, good anxiety or almost like a disabling anxiety or stress is how we think about those feelings. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Every time we feel anxious or stressed, we automatically shut down. We're like, oh, this is bad. This can't help me. I do not like feeling this way. And we let it cripple us in a way it becomes more harmful but if our mindset like what you were saying is positive towards it like I'm going to use this and like I'm going to connect with Mm -hmm. others and this can be a benefit for me it's not inherently good or bad that can completely make the game changer between being shut down or being pushed forward I love that I feel like I needed to hear this too because I get really you're stressed about work sometimes <laughs> and I think I think that stress and I'm like I'm stressed because I'm not good at my job if I was better at my job I wouldn't stress about these oh, things interesting and so I love I love that like no I'm, I'm maybe I'm stressed because I care I'm stressed because I really want to produce high quality work um and there's a quote I was looking for on my stuff that I have saved on my Instagram and it says saying affirmation sounded so dumb till I realized I had already been doing it all my life affirming I wasn't enough, affirming I wasn't worthy, or affirming all my fears. If I'm affirming something anyway, might as well choose wisely. Mm-hmm. And I love that. Like, Whoa, say that again. That. If I'm affirming. If I'm affirming something anyway, might as well choose wisely. I love that. That's freaking so, like, powerful. So, like, you're telling yourself stuff thousands of times a day. Why not make it something positive? Why not? And I was talking to a coworker today. She's one of my closest friends at work and she got a promotion. She's starting a new job tomorrow. I was telling these guys. And we were talking about kind of just the pregame jitters of starting a new position and you're leaving what's familiar to you and all these things. Yeah. And 
Something I was studying about thinking errors, I think a lot of the time with anxiety, I can heighten those. And kind of like what Casey was saying, I feel anxious, so that means I'm going to lose. Like, we'll automatically just kind of fortune tell, Mm -hmm. and we have this black and white mentality. Like, with me, I'm like, well, if I'm stressed, then I'm automatically not a good supervisor. I'm automatically not a good girlfriend. I'm automatically not a good friend. Right? Mm -hmm. You think through all these things, but one of the, I guess you could say, remedies or, like, prescriptions... For people who have this black and white thinking, which I think everyone struggles with it in different scenarios, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. is to replace the words like so or or, like either I'm really awesome at my job or I suck. Or, you know, like I feel this so it must mean this with and. I'm anxious and I'm still a really hard worker or I'm stressed out about something that happened today and I still did something of value. Yeah. Or like, I'm feeling super anxious about this thing that happened or this thing that's going to happen. And I'm still good at what I do. And I'm going to win. And so kind of, I think like a combination of all these things of like using the pregame jitters. But for me, I'm really big into positive self-affirmations. And when I'm in a positive headspace, I feel like invincible. Like, I will really get into positive self-affirmations, but for me, I feel like if I don't consistently practice it, then I kind of just get into this. Also, our roommate is, like, sneezing herself to death. Oh, I don't even shout think out we to, can hear it. Shout out to everyone who has allergies. You're still amazing. Um, we love you. <laughs> <laughs> you're still amazing. You're still amazing. You, yes, you're just You're feeling like a worthless piece of crap because of your allergies. Don't listen to those voices in your head. Um, anyways, but... <laughs> That's why I like that affirmations quote. If I'm going to tell myself something every day, I need to intentionally make sure that it's positive because our minds naturally jump to conclusions. So if I can't see the future, I sometimes will predict how it's going to be based off of how Mm -hmm. I'm feeling. So I need to make sure that I'm telling myself how freaking awesome I am. Totally. I love that. And I love using the word and there instead Mm -hmm. of but. So instead of saying Mm. I'm anxious, but I can still do well. You have allergies and you're still amazing. <laughs> yes, instead of I have allergies, but I'm still amazing. It, like, I don't know. There's something more powerful about using the word and instead of the yeah. word but. It's like because it, it holds them of equal weight. Yes, I love of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I really like that. Um, any other thoughts? Alex? I really don't have any. There's this one quote that I read the other day on Instagram. But now I can't find it. I'm like, no. I'm looking at it as we're talking. Don't know where to look. I don't, I don't think I have any more thoughts. You guys? No, honestly, I think this helped me. Because mm-hmm. as much as I talk about positive self-affirmations, I don't think... I think I'm really good at doing it in a in a scenario. But I think sometimes mm-hmm. I really have a hard time. Like I, I'll feel something and I'll be like, well... I'm stressed, mm-hmm. so that means that I'm suck. Yeah, I suck at what I do. And I think that's so important to realize that it can be really easy to have these kind of like these meta level understandings mm-hmm. about it. But when you're in the moment, feeling those things, it can be so much harder to get out of that and like see a higher plane or something. And that is okay. Mm-hmm. The fact that we are honing these skills even if we're not anxious at the time or we're trying when we are anxious or stressed 
I think each of those little steps will help us each time. So like, cause I know for me, I like stress can shut me down all the time. So it's, it's not something to be perfect at. It's just an enabler to help you or enable you to feel better and do better. Also random side note. I randomly Love those. went, <laughs> this is popped in my head. So fun story. One day I went to the dentist. Okay. The dentist, receptionist, like front desk working lady, her name is Sue. Oh, we love Sue. Love Sue. I've been going to the same dentist since I was two years old. Cute. And she's been there the whole time. <gasps> so needless to say. So Sue, yeah, Sue's racist. You know, it's true. It's true. Those semi-annual checkups just really bonded the family, you know. But anyway, one day I was <laughs> I was chatting with her at the front desk. And she's retired now, so we love you, Sue. But I was chatting with her at the front desk. And she randomly told me that the entire dental office had bought a book and that she highly recommended I read it. And this was just out of the blue. Like, I hadn't told her I was stressed or worried or anything, even though I typically am. But she <laughs> said the whole office read it. It changed their lives. They love it. They refer to it all the time. It's a book... Um, by Carnegie, Dale Carnegie? Dale Carnegie? Yeah, Dale Carnegie. I don't know who that is. How to Stop Worrying and Start Living. Ooh. And it's so good. I ordered it off Amazon after Sue talked to me about it. It was like five bucks or something. Beautiful hardback copy. But I haven't read it all the way yet. But it is a step-by-step and perspective book about worry and how... Not only to just, like, stop worrying as in shut it down, but to overcome your worrying hmm. and start living more wholeheartedly and in a happier way. And I've made it through two chapters in part one so far, which is maybe, like, 11 pages, and it has already blown my mind and given me so many hmm. good things to think about. Wow. And good ways to think about it. So if you're looking for a good read about worry or stress, how to overcome it, and just, like, some good thoughts that way. That is a book by a world-renowned author, and it's very good. And it changed my dental office's life, so that's... Honestly, <laughs> the one small office. step for Sue, one large step for the dental office. Honestly, that's true. You know what I'm saying? I can't find it. We'll post it. We'll post our other thoughts no. later if we remember them. But you guys are awesome, and whatever you are going through, you can go through that and still kick some serious butt. In your lives. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree with that. Cool. Cool. We love you guys and Thanks, we love Casey. Casey. for being here. Yeah, she totally Thank you for being made here the today. podcast. <laughs> Thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me. We love you guys. We'll be more consistent. consistent. Yeah. Goodbye. Bye.